electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Steve Grasso, Brian Kelly, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, Lionsgate Vice Chairman Michael Burns breaks down that company's earnings and the latest in the streaming wars. Plus, it's been a big week for bonds, and the chart master has the one chart that, says, uh, that he says could be a perfect buying opportunity. And later, we'll reveal today's mystery chart down more than 4% this week. Hmm, BK's got hope for it yet. We'll find out why he's so optimistic. But we begin with earnings season. Things may be winding down, but for retail, it's just heating up. Next week, we'll start to get results from a few names, like Walmart and JCPenney. Then things really kick into high gear as we barrel towards Black Friday. So retail's on deck. Is there going to be a giant moment of truth for the U.S. consumer? Well, everybody says about the health of the consumer, Melissa. And listen, I say it all the time, never underestimate the U.S. consumers want to spend. It doesn't mean they should be spending. And I'll say it, you know, they have jobs. That's great. As long as the stock market continues to go higher every day, whether people have a dollar or not in it, they will spend money because they feel the economy is doing better. That's the calculus I make. So with all-time high here in the stock market, I think the consumer will continue to spend. doesn't necessarily mean some of these stocks are going higher, but the consumer will spend. If you want to play the stocks, I think in the next Thursday, a name like Nordstrom's, which has had great trading ranges over the last couple of years, yes, it's bounced off the low, but you have a huge short interest reasonable valuation, and we find ourselves time and time again in this environment, these big short interest retailers tend to do well in the earnings. I think that's the way to play it. It feels like we're in an interesting spot in terms of the earnings season for the retailers in that we don't know yet if the tariffs on December 15th are going to go into effect. So what that guidance isn't going to be yeah. the guidance that we would hope it would be if they had announced officially that December 15th was off the table. I think it's going to be very difficult to do that type of analysis in this environment. The best that you can do is what Guy's talking about, and you look at sentiment. So we saw Michigan, University of Michigan sentiment today was actually pretty decent, held up. So that tends to be somewhat of a leading indicator, does turn with a little bit ahead of the stock market. So if we get a stock market tailwind going into the holidays with consumers already feeling well, then I think they should hold up well. That being said, I was actually a little surprised how Walmart traded today. It traded horribly, traded low, down towards the lows of the day. You know, it's already had quite a run. So when you're looking at these retailers, look at the ones that maybe haven't had that much of a run. Very interesting. The XRT, the ETF that tracks the S&P retail sector, um, you know, in August, mid-August, made a new 52-week low, traded below the low from December 2018. And I think Mel's point about guidance is going to be a really good one. I mean, like, you may see some decent back-to-school sort of numbers, but you may not see a whole heck of a lot of clarity. Now, some of these stocks, you just mentioned Nordstrom's, it's probably 50% mm-hmm. off of its lows. Um, you know, the XRT, while it's still 20% off its lows, um, it's still well below its 52-week highs made last year. So to your point about Walmart, Walmart. I think some of the big box guys have done a lot of the heavy lifting year to date. That's Costco. That's Target. That's Walmart. Um, and then some of the smaller names. We talked about Macy's a little bit last night. Yeah, could those things rally high short interest, that sort of thing? So I think there'll be some good trading opportunities. So, so is the reach, though, for everything you guys just said, for the laggards or is it for the winners? So if you want to play longer term, you have to go with Target, Walmart, 
Costco. You want to play for the short covering? Yeah. Macy's, yeah. JWN. But that's it. It's very binary to me. But in this sort of market where we're going away from these value trades and the consumer staples and the utilities and things like that, is that an environment in which Walmart and Target still win? I think it'd be, you see people, I think, bought Walmart regardless of valuation. They looked at it. it looks, and the earnings have been fine. I think they were just pouring money into a stock that pays a dividend, seems to be somewhat recession-proof, and that stock won. Now I think people are saying, to BK's point earlier, I think they're saying, wait a second, does this make sense in terms of valuation? I don't, listen, I don't think it does, but I don't think it did $15 ago. So in terms of the XRT, real quick, Dan made a good point. But if you look in terms of the XRT quickly, Major double bottom at 38 and a half that Dan is staring at right now in his little terminal. Yeah. And that's what it's bouncing <laughs> off of. This will overshoot to the upside. And in my opinion, the overshoot in the XRT is probably 46 and a half, Yeah, but if you look at Target, Target blew out back in August. Target blew out EPS up 24%. Digital up 38%. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you could say that they are overvalued if you look at it. Nobody's saying that they're not performing or executing. They're just questioning the valuation. Well, that's the point is that I think you have to go to what is performing and maybe you get a better, you know, a higher multiple on these stocks that is traditional for them. I think you want to be careful the ones that have already performed, that have already broken out. TJX is another one that broke out to a new all-time high in the last month or so. And I'll just give you the example of, look at Starbucks, look at McDonald's. I know we've talked a lot about those. Those were making all-time highs this summer, trading at premiums to the market and many of their peers, and they've done nothing but sell off after very good results over the last two quarters. And another name I'm just going to throw in that basket, and there's some other stuff going on, Nike in the last couple of weeks. Right. A few weeks ago, Nike broke out and had a great quarter, surprised on comps, that sort of thing, and now it's back at 90 at that breakout level. TJX, and Ross stores. Those are the ones that benefited from all the other retailers pulling forward ahead of the tariffs. So they had the overstock, and they would sell them off to a TJX or a Ross stores, so they benefited. If you don't have the tariff, do those stocks give some back, TGX and Ross? I, th- I think they might. That's, that's the point is that they've had this run already, right? So you're predisposed to probably sell those. If I'm trading into the numbers going into next week, I'm looking at Macy's, right? Because they've got that high short interest. $15 seems to be decent support on this. So I know what I'm shooting against. And I have the possibility that even if there is bad news, there's going to be some short covering on that bad news and it might hold it up. You know, uh, some of you guys appear on the other program, which I host, which Power Lunch. I like the Power Lunch. Uh, at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Never Steve Rosso was lunch. on on Halloween, and we played a, a game there on Power Lunch. Like we, a scary we what don't, scares Like trick-or-treat stocks. Right, right, right. Um, and Macy's. he said the scariest stock out there was yeah. Macy's, mm. which you, BK, and Dan seem to like at least for a trade. Well, it's yeah. a short interest of 26%. So anything yeah. with a short interest above 15% is susceptible to a pop higher. The problem is, is that if this, uh, if this fails and this continues the downward trend line, you're looking at another JCPenney in the making here. So if it dips below $10, it's going to get very ugly very fast. For Macy's. I wouldn't disagree with that. I, 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 this is a pure trade for me. I'm right. not saying that Macy's has turned anything around by any means. I think just maybe the sentiment's gotten a little extended to the downside. All right, from retail to rates now, bond yields seeing a big rally this week as stocks hit all-time highs. But the chart master says now is the perfect time to buy bonds. Carter's breaking down at the top. Let's try to explain the whole thing if it's explainable. What we know is starting the year, we were at 3% and consensus among, let's say, 50 economists that are supposed to come up with a projection for year ahead was that we would go to three and a quarter. Inconveniently, of course, we dropped to 1.4 instead. And here we are now. Uh, I think after all of this jockeying for position, actually rates are 
basically where they belong. And if anything, in fact, I think you back away a little bit. But let's draw some lines and see if we can figure it out. So a lot of overhead supply. You've returned to a level where you're going to start to struggle. Another way to draw the line, same exact chart, right to a downtrend line where we have come up against trouble every time. And then instead of a trend line, use a moving average, same principle. The reciprocal of this, of course, is the actual bond uh, in Chicago. We are right down to the 100-year average. My hunch is that you're going to get a bit of a bounce here and that actually this frenzy uh, overshooting to the downside at 1.4 and now back at the 2% level, it, it's kind of where they belong, if you will, with the potential for rates to back down to about 1.7. Therefore, come on, over. come on over, Carter. Will's wow. going to bring the chair in. You just didn't even, I mean, he just, come on over. Well, he's in the Pantheon. He, he, it's amazing yeah. that he's... I mean, if you're in a Pantheon, it's like a, you know... It's automatic. Yeah, yeah. It's automatic. Get out of jail free card. Oh, we got the music thing. back. Yeah, because the silence was yeah, kind of creepy. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. <laughs> um, so does this, does this uh, mean that you should still or can still be in those dividend proxy trades, the utilities, well, I mean, stables, et cetera? Global banks, U.S. banks, uh-huh. uh, regional uh, money center banks, they don't call them anymore, but those all of a type or have all moved in response or ahead of, however you want to characterize it, this move in, in rates. And yet the move in rates from 1.4, 145 to 195 is now back to an inherently difficult level. So I think you've expended a lot of energy and you don't actually carry through and start printing 2224, which is starting to become the flavor of the day, just as it was uh, very all of a sudden end of times. Now people are projecting the other way. I think it's time to bet the other way yet again. So let's do some cross market analysis then. We've seen the dollar go up as rates have been going up. We've seen the stock market go up as rates have been going up, which is a little bit different than we've seen. Does that mean the stock market is in danger? Does it mean that the dollar is in danger? Well, the interesting thing also, of course, is we've seen gold behave a certain way, right? So my hunch is, is that it's, it's not really a market issue as it is the rotation issue, that the rotation that's occurred in some of these very beaten down cyclical names have, have gone too far. And that if and as rates don't follow through much here, that you'll start to get profit-taking in some of the big moves in banks and industrials. Um, does, it ma- I mean, does it matter that what we're seeing in the U.S. is being confirmed by uh, global rates? That it's not just the U.S. moving you know, in isolation. Right. But rates are almost always moving globally to some extent, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, the directional uh, element to it is, is uh, sort of uniform. Um, yes, rates have popped everywhere, but that's just it. They've also they've come a long way. They've popped. All right, Carter. Thank you, Carter Braxtonworth. We'll see Carter on Options Action, of course. Who's we? The collective? Or are you the talking to the audience we. now? Because I know I we will. We will. I'll Why? be out you here so fast. Well, no, I, I think I, I, no, Mel looked at me. I think she meant the two smarter guys on the desk uh, will be on here. Oh, at thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Does anybody have a trade before we go? Quickly, to Con Edison. Thank if you. you think rates have topped out, I think Dan made a cogent argument yesterday that it's bouncing up against a trend line. Rates should head lower. Con Edison's going from 96 to 87. Seems to be holding its trend line. I think you can buy Con Edison if you believe that rates are headed back lower. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up, the vice chairman of Lionsgate will join us live. He'll give us the lowdown today's box office and what the streaming words mean for the industry and for Lionsgate. Plus, one of our traders will unveil his chart of the week. He will tell us what he is seeing. Why are you seeing a golden opportunity? That's a hint. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? 
Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Shares of Lionsgate surging more than 11% today, notching their best day since May. That after saying its Stars unit added 1.2 million streaming subscribers in the latest quarter. The entertainment company also posting better than expected earnings and revenue. We're now joined by Michael Burns, vice chairman of Lionsgate. Michael, great to see you again. It's been too long. Melissa, nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Um, the uh, earnings report was good across the board. According to a lot of the analysts on the street, the stock, you see that it uh, respond to it up 10%. But it seems like the dominant issue right now, at least in the analyst community and Wall Street community, is, is the carriage issue with Comcast and what's going on there. Um, there is one firm that actually cut its price target because of the uncertainty surrounding whether or not stars would be on Comcast in part of the bundle, or would it be an extra service? charge for subscribers. So what's the latest there? Well, we're, it's sort of a head scratcher for us, actually, uh, Melissa. We have been a great supplier to Comcast for quite some time, and it is a great value proposition that we give them, and ultimately that they pass on to their subscribers. So it's odd for us that they would be saying, or we're going to take you out of the bundle. We're going to put a couple channels that we own and another one in that bundle, uh, yet we're not going to give a discount or a rebate back to the customers. Uh, they say that, well, you can go ahead and get it through Amazon or, or some other place, which is sort of disingenuous because what happens is they're, they're in that particular case in an underserved community of people. I mean, if half Americans can't uh, afford to write a $500 check, half of American families. And so to say, oh, yes, uh, we're going to take it out of the bundle. You're going to continue to pay for it as if it's there. And then on top of that, go get some, uh, go get our broadband, go get some equipment, uh, and you can subscribe to Amazon Prime, which is going to be another hundred and twenty some dollars a month. And we're also going to charge you an a la carte fee. That doesn't make sense to us. Okay, um, the importance of of this agreement to stars is a, is big. About forty percent of domestic stars EBITDA is uh, from Comcast. Just about a third of domestic subs. Um, the warning is that December tenth is when this could they could. Uh, I was going to say cut the cord. That's not quite the right terminology. But they could take stars off uh, of the bundle. When was the agreement going to go to? Wasn't it just going to be to the end of the year anyway? Well, they're saying December 10th. Our deal goes until the end of, uh, end of December. Again, that's sort of an odd uh, thing for us because if you go on the Comcast, Comcast website today and you look at Xfinity, you can sign up and one of the two or three of the big bundles they're selling or they're marketing on their website includes STARS, which says, okay, if you sign up for a one- or two-year deal, STARS is included in that pricing. And then what does that mean? At the end of, end of December, all of a sudden it disappears? So that, to me, seems rather disingenuous. 
Has Lionsgate been trying to get the DOJ to open a formal investigation into this whole thing? Uh, and have you, is there an informal investigation going on in which you are cooperating with the DOJ? Well, I, I read the New York Post like everybody in New York <laughs> seems to, to, to read. Uh, I think that they've got letters from very prominent U.S. senators, very prominent uh, Congress people around the country. The oddest thing for us is if you really take a look at the business roundtable, which I know that the Comcast people uh, uh, were uh, uh, signers on, they talk about taking care of their suppliers, their customers, and their communities. This sort of flies in the face of that. So. Um, do I think that the DOJ is looking into it? Uh, I would say that uh, that would be a question for them. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that if I were working at the DOJ and I was getting letters from U.S. senators and from Congress people as well as consumer groups out there, uh, I might take a look at that. All right. Um, we should note that Comcast is the parent company of this network, uh, just for housekeeping matters. In, in terms of how this all plays into the streaming wars, Michael, it seems like some people are saying that you know maybe, maybe this is a great time for you to spin stars or to sell it. You can reduce debt. Um, you can get out of the streaming wars entirely and focus on content. Content is king in this sort of streaming war scenario. Well, what would you say to that? Is that a possibility? Our yeah, John, John talked about this on the conference call yesterday. One of our, our jobs here is to highlight the value of what we put together. And if you take a look at what Lionsgate and Stars can do together, whether it's an international launch or in 50 countries right now, you couldn't do that. Uh, Stars couldn't do that without uh, Lionsgate, the 17,000 title library, and the ability to distribute this around the globe. So the industrial logic of what we're doing makes a great deal of sense. Yes, the world in some cases is moving to a la carte. And again, that you have to, you're, we're looking for a thoughtful transition. And that's what most of our partners have been doing. Uh, the people can take the bundle or they can, they can get it a la carte. But for us, we believe the industrial logic of what we put together uh, is, uh, is, is working. All of our core businesses are going and uh, very quite well. I'm happy to report it looks like, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like Midway will be the number one movie opening this weekend. That's a surprise. And, the film business, as you saw from our numbers, that Joe Drake and his team, they've turned that around nicely. Television is, is you know, crushing it. Um, and so we are this giant creator of content. And it really comes down to having great people and, and creating great content. content and, and Lionsgate is certainly doing that. Michael, great to speak with you. Thanks for your time. Melissa, thanks so much. Michael Burns, vice chairman of Lionsgate. What do you do here with Lionsgate? It's been a tough two years. I mean, yeah. we, we, we love Michael Burns, obviously, but you look at the stock. I mean, this was a $32 stock, I think, in January 2018. You see where we are now, despite even the move today. I mean, it's less than 10 bucks. The quarter, if you look at the numbers, the quarter was outstanding. You can make an argument the valuation is extended. I get it. But I still continue to believe it's too valuable, valuable of a property, property, property to be trading as poorly as it had for the last 20 or so months. How much is Netflix spending on content this year? Eight billion? What, what, was, the, what was the number? Higher. It's a market a, cap of, of uh, Alliancegate is two billion. Sounds to me like they should be hitting this from a different angle and maybe they get put, instead of being the acquirer, get acquired by somebody else and then you have a ready-to-make shop right there and you've got some content, you've got the studios in place. These things aren't easy to do and it sounds like a no-brainer to me. All right, well, there's a lot more coming up on Fast Money right after this break. Here's what we have on the docket. Bitcoin bull or gold bug? Both under pressure this week. But is one of them a buy? And later... Earnings season is winding down, 
but there are still opportunities to cash in on results. We'll take a look at how options markets are getting ready for what's to come when Fast Money returns. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. We're going to do something new tonight. We're rolling out the chart of the week. Look at that animation. I love Official. that. Um, BK flag this one. It's Bitcoin versus gold. Why did this stand out to you? Well, not, it's not just because Bitcoin. Certainly, I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. But what I thought was interesting about this, what we've seen all year is both Bitcoin and gold have traded in tandem for a good portion of it. And so this week, we saw the same thing. Gold came off and Bitcoin came off. Dollar was stronger. But what's different about this is if you expand that chart or you kind of move back and, and, and look at what happened earlier in the week, this is Bitcoin in orange and gold flat. So Bitcoin's up about 17% over the last 10 days or so where gold is down. Why is that? Because China came out and said, we are going to embrace blockchain at this point in time. People have taken that to mean that potentially cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin are going to benefit from that. So the point is, don't be fooled by gold and Bitcoin going down. They appear to be decoupling at this point in time. There's also a story that China was now going to allow Bitcoin mining. Yes. And it wasn't going to be a prohibited industry. And I was wondering what... I, I couldn't figure out if that was going to be bad for Bitcoin or, or good for Bitcoin. No, I think, I think it's very good for Bitcoin. Okay. There's, a, there's two things that are very good for Bitcoin. One, that the fact that they, they already have the mining in there and it's been, been going on for a while, but now it's not a prohibitive activity. The second thing is they're likely going to license cryptocurrency exchanges in Hong Kong, some of them being Chinese exchanges. So those two things are probably fairly bullish for Bitcoin at this point. Uh, investors who allocate a certain percentage to gold, you still believe that digital gold is a way to go and, and should yeah. be right in there with the I mean, portfolio? It, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's got the same investment thesis with a, an asset that's much more volatile with much more upside. So it's only a fraction of the uh, a, a fraction of the of the market cap of gold. It's just got a lot more upside in Bitcoin. Quickly on gold. This is the Quickly biggest, because, uh, biggest uh, weekly decline yeah. in two years. It's been very rough. If you look at the stocks, Newmont Mining's had trouble at $40 since July, basically. It keeps bucking up against this level and failing, I think it's an opportunity. I don't personally believe the gold story to the upside is over yet, Melissa Lee. All right, Guy Adami, time for the final trade. Stephen Grasso. It's a, one that I never talk about, Air Transport Services Group, ATSG. Take a look at it. You'll find it very interesting. BK, Brian Kelly. You know, a name we haven't talked about in a while, or country areas we haven't talked about, EEM. You buy that one, emerging markets. 
Dan Nathan. Uh, you know, Carter was just on. He was talking about the rates. He thinks they come in. I yeah. think they do, too. And I'm going to tell you how to play it in TLT options. Stick around. OA comes oh, up yeah, next. Oh, yeah, the big show. Oh, yeah, the big show. show. Before Guys. my final trade, may I ask you a question? Sure. <laughs> this new chart of the week, that's yes. a segment. Does that happen on Fridays by definition, um, or could it happen any day of the week? I think typically it'll be Fridays. How would you know if it's the chart of the week on a Monday? I, I'm not sure. Well, you know what? We have our main man, Kevin Flynn, here. You can go have a little Kevin chat Flynn after the show. Anyway, yeah. yes, he's here. As Dan Nathan mentioned yesterday, yeah. if you believe the TLT to the downside, in other words, rates going higher is over, which I believe Con Edison, the sell-off, as I mentioned earlier, to me is very interesting. That does it for us here on Fast. Don't go anywhere. Options action is up next. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.